Welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Missouri. Please stand by. Our service will begin shortly. We begin our Good Friday service this evening by singing the first hymn, Alas and Did My Savior Bleed. It's number 437. We'll sing verses 1, 3, and 4.
Lord Jesus, you are the light of the world. It was on this day, Good Friday, that the earth became dark, that the spark of life in your body ebbed low and finally was snuffed out, only to break out in new flame on Easter morning. As we meditate on your last hours, burn within us. With the brightness of your light, enable us to see ourselves as we are and to see you as you once were on the cross. We kneel in repentance before you, our crucified and risen Savior, so that we may not perish, but live forever under your blessing. Amen. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Could you men not keep watch with me for one hour, he asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. He went away a second time and prayed, My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away once more and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. Then he returned to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour is near, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. My betrayer is at hand. We sing the next hymn, Go to Dark Gethsemane, number 436, verses 1 and 3.
When they came to the place called the Skull, there they crucified him, along with the criminals, one on his right, the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. The people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, he saved others. Let him save himself if he is the Christ of God, the chosen one. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine, vinegar, and said, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was a written notice above him which read, this is the king of of the Jews. About whom were you talking, Jesus, when you said, Father, forgive them? I know you didn't mean only the soldiers who were crucifying you. You were talking to your father about me also, weren't you? It is I and my sins that sent you to the cross that drove the nails through your hands and feet, that lifted you high on Mount Calvary. Not only the Jewish rulers and Roman soldiers, but I also have mocked and insulted you. How often I, as they, have cried out inside, if you are the Son of God, then why don't you do this or that? How often I have doubted and questioned you and thought, if you really are God, then do something that will convince me. Oh, Jesus, those times sneak up on me and catch me off guard, and I don't really know what I'm doing. Then it dawns on me what I've been doing to you, and I feel ashamed, and I wonder whether I dare tell anyone. Even worse, I wonder whether I dare tell God, whether he could put up with me and forgive me. Then I hear you praying on the cross. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do, I know that it was about me that you were concerned and for me that you were praying. I believe that your father has heard your prayer. For what father can help but favorably regard the prayers of his only son? We sing our next hymn, I Lay My Sins on Jesus. It's number 606, verses 1 through 2.
One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence. We are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, I tell you the truth. Today you will be with me in paradise. I want to go to heaven, Jesus. Sometimes I'm so sure I'll make it, and at other times I'm not so sure. Some of the things I've done, you wouldn't want my kind in heaven. You forgave the criminal, Jesus. What was his crime? What evil deeds marked his life? What did he do that led the government to order his execution? Was it as serious as some of the things I've done? You've told me how you count crimes. With you, hatred is a form of murder. Immoral thoughts are adultery. Disobedience is rebellion against the Creator. Stinginess is robbery. Materialism is adultery. Jesus, I know what I am, a robber, a murderer, an adulterer, an idolater, a rebel. I'm as much a criminal as the man on the cross next to you. If I should die tonight, Lord, remember me. And then I hear you say to that criminal there and to this one here, today you will be with me in paradise. Thank you, Jesus. I cling to that promise. We sing the next hymn, Jesus Sinners Will Receive. That's number 609, verses 1 and 5.
When the soldiers crucified Jesus, they took his clothes, dividing them into four shares, one for each of them, with the undergarment remaining. This garment was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. Let's not tear it, they said to one another. Let's decide by lot who will get it. This happened that the scripture might be fulfilled, which said, They divided my garments among them and cast lots for my clothing. So this is what the soldiers did. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother. His mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Dear woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, this disciple took her into his home. What love you showed your mother and your beloved disciple also, as if he were your own brother. You loved them in the most difficult of circumstances. The love you had in your heart showed so plainly in your voice and actions. What a fine example of family love you have set for me. I'm ashamed of the way I've treated my family, Lord. It frightens me to think of what I might yet do to them. Jesus, you looked with love upon what remained of your family. Look also upon my family, that is, what remains of it after my sins have shaken and scarred it. Your crucifixion has shown your deep love and care for troubled homes. It has convinced me, Jesus, that this very day you are covering me and my family with the same love you had for your mother and that disciple. You are covering the sins I have committed against my loved ones and the sins my loved ones have committed against me. You have freed me of my guilt at home, Lord. Please fill my freedom with your love. While I am young, give me loving obedience to my parents. When they are old, care for them through me. When my children are young, give me loving firmness. When they are grown, give me a love that does not burden them. And when I am old, especially if I'm alone, fill me once more, Lord, with the love I will so sorely need. We sing the next hymn, O Sacred Head Now Wounded, number 450. We'll sing verses 1, 2, and 4.
from the sixth hour until the ninth hour, darkness came over all the land. About the ninth hour, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of those standing there heard this. They said, he's calling Elijah. Immediately, one of them ran and got a sponge. He filled it with wine vinegar, put it on a stick, and offered it to Jesus to drink. The rest said, now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to save him. As a child, I at times wondered what my parents would do if I disobeyed them too much. Would they go so far as to leave me or disown me? If it has happened, you know. Yes, you do know Jesus because it happened to you. You took the blame for all my disobedience and rebelliousness. And when your father saw you with all my sin, he left you on the cross to deal with it all by yourself. How terrible it must have been for you to be left alone alone without your father, alone with my sins. How could God leave his only son in such an hour of need? Why did your father forsake you, Jesus? Did he love me that much? He blamed you instead of me because he knew that I could not take the punishment, but that you could and return aside in heaven. We sing the next hymn, Stricken, Smitten, and Afflicted, number 451, verses 1 and 2.
later, knowing that all was now completed, and so that the scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put the sponge on a stalk of the hyssop plant, and lifted it to Jesus' lips. I've been thirsty before, Jesus, but I'm sure never as thirsty as you were. I've said in jest that I was dying of thirst, but with you is for real. You really were dying. My biggest thirst is not for water, but for a deep, satisfying relationship with you, Lord. I'm thirsty for a deeper faith, for greater assurance of God's love, for more power to live right. Because you thirsted on the cross, I can now have my thirst quenched. I remember what you said to the woman at the well. Everyone who drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. Lord Jesus, give me this water that I may thirst no more. of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put the sponge on a stalk of the hyssop plant, and lifted it to Jesus' lips. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, It is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Sometimes I feel as if I'm finished too, Jesus. But really, I'm far from finished. So many things in my life are still left undone. Oh yes, I've accomplished a lot of my less important goals, mostly the material kind. The things most important in life I've not yet accomplished. It is my life with you and under you that seems so incomplete, so unfinished. My submission to your will my grateful hearing of your word, my love for the people around me, my my participation in your work, my sharing you with others, my self-control after each of these, I must write, unfinished business. And to be honest, I don't think that giving me a little more time is going to solve the problem. But you could honestly say, it is finished. You completed what you set out to do. You finished the work of salvation. You finished paying for my sins. You finished for me what I could not do. Jesus, that makes me feel like a child who needs to have his parents pick him up after him because he never finishes a job right. I've left so much undone. And here you have come and done it for me. Finished it. Thank you, Jesus. And now... Please help me to get on with my tasks and to do what I can. It was now about the sixth hour, 
and darkness came over the whole land until the ninth hour, for the sun stopped shining. And the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When he had said this, he breathed his last. The soldier, seeing what had happened, praised God and said, Surely this was a righteous man. When all the people who had gathered to witness this sight saw what took place, they beat their breasts and went away. But all those who knew him, including the women who had followed him from Galilee, stood at a distance watching these things. Someday I'm going to die too, Jesus. Will it sneak up on me or will I see it coming? Will I have a chance, as you did, to pray to my Father in heaven and ask him to take me into his hands? Or will I die suddenly, without opportunity to think or pray? Only you know. Help me to be ready at any time. I thank you that your suffering and death has won for me the forgiveness of sins that you have prepared me for that moment. Lord Jesus, I put myself into your hands. I trust you to keep me safe in the Father's hands. I remember how you talked about this one day, like a shepherd talking about his sheep. You said, no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. For that promise, and for backing it up with your own death, I thank you, Jesus. Later, Joseph of Arimathea asked Pilate for the body of Jesus. Now Joseph was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly because he feared the Jews. With Pilate's permission, he came and took the body away. He was accompanied by Nicodemus, the man who earlier had visited Jesus at night. Nicodemus brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds. Taking Jesus' body, the two of them wrapped it with the spices and strips of linen. This was in accordance with Jewish burial customs. At the place where Jesus was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden a new tomb in which no one had ever been laid. Because it was the Jewish day of preparation, and since the tomb was nearby, they laid Jesus there.
that day. The soldiers tried to clear the narrow streets, but the crowd pressed in to see the man condemned to die on Calvary. He was bleeding from a beating. There were stripes upon his back, and he wore a crown of thorns upon his head. And he bore with every step the scorn of those who cried out for his Almighty God, we implore you, graciously look upon this, your family, for whom our Lord Jesus Christ was willing to be given into the hands of wicked men and to suffer death upon the cross, who now lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit as one God forever and ever. Amen.